This is Grayscale. I'm Ben Davis. On today's episode, we welcome Camille Fleming. Camille was previously co-owner of Marshall Internal and Family Medicine, a small primary care practice in Michigan. Then she moved to the Orcas Islands in Washington, where she was medical director of Orcas Medical Center. In 2016, she joined Swedish Firstel Family Medicine Residency as faculty and associate director of clinical operations. Also in true family medicine fashion, you may hear a baby crying in the background. And as always, names are changed to protect the identity of our patients. <laughs> I always have to get the first laugh out of the way. <laughs> Camille, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. I'm really happy to be here. Sounds like you have a story for us from your early days. I do. I wanted to tell you about a patient that I had about 13 years ago, and I was a relative uh, newcomer to a practice, and this patient had scheduled a physical exam. So basically they were well and they wanted to be checked out, <clears throat> make sure their shots were up to date, etc. And uh, she was a lovely uh, woman, mid-50s, whom really didn't have any complaints. And as I tried to get to know her, she had a couple pretty vague uh, complaints. Like she was tired. She'd been a little bit tired. No warning signs, none of the things that you are trained very carefully to check out and find out about. And I remember having this moment after doing her exam and talking to her a little bit more of sort of real concern that there was something not right. And of course, I didn't know if this was uh, just sort of a beginner's problem, me being the beginner. Um, but I had this gut feeling that something wasn't right. And I had been trained for quite a few years, not about your gut, but more about um, how to assess facts and how to interview and how to examine and a lot of very important things. So I was stuck trying to cope with this gut feeling of concern. And I asked a few more questions. And finally, I just had to fess up to her that I wanted to order a test and that I didn't have a really good reason why. And so I sort of stretched what she was telling me into something that would fit. And what that test was, was an ultrasound. I decided to do an ultrasound. And I had to sort of make a diagnosis that would allow me to order an ultrasound and for her insurance to cover it. Uh, and to sort of convince her that this was worth her time when I was not completely convinced that it was. And so we ordered the test, and she was basically very happy to accommodate me because she was pleased that I had listened to her. And we did do the test, and as it turned out, she happened to have a fairly serious diagnosis of cancer, which was found on ultrasound. And in the ensuing year had several surgeries and chemotherapy. I got to spend a lot of time with her and got to know her very well. And as it turned out, um, she had chemotherapy every year uh, for the next 10 years to sort of keep this tumor at bay. Um, she influenced me and my practice 
and, and still does almost every day. And the big part is I always have to ask myself if it's wise to trust my gut or to trust information I have. Um, when everything about uh, what I've learned as a physician is to trust the information that you have. Uh, there's also this other little piece that says, ooh, but sometimes your gut is the thing to listen to. She died about 10 years later and wrote me a really profound letter uh, at her um, deathbed that basically uh, said, I don't know why I did that test that day, but I am really amazed that I've gotten to see my granddaughter's graduation. I've gotten to play 10 more years of golf. I have spent 10 more years with my husband, who I adore, and I'm ready to go and stop having this chemotherapy, but I would not have been ready then. And uh, that lives with me always. I, I'm not sure what the answer is. That story doesn't give me any certainty about when or if you should always trust your gut. It very well could have been a, a fluke, but it also tells me that we probably don't learn everything we need to learn from our academic experience. So Camille, we're both faculty at the same residency, and we, we teach lots of residents um, in an evidence-based manner. We like to pride ourselves on evidence-based medicine. Now, how would you use this? Uh, what would you tell a resident um, to learn from the story? Would it be to use their gut? Would it be, no, you should really just go on you know, what the evidence shows because that's what's best for the patient or for our patient population as a whole? Like, how would you rectify the use of evidence-based medicine versus just going straight on your gut feeling? I think what I would share is that your gut can be educated. And so understanding the evidence has got to be a very critical part of becoming a physician. And I don't think that I can totally separate my gut from all the training that I had. Um, but in the end, in that particular story, that was the thing that pushed me in a direction. I couldn't list the the data I needed to have, and it was the gut that pushed me in a direction. And I think I would su- suggest to physicians, all physicians, not just training physicians, that they spend as much time as they can understanding the data, uh, but also learning to trust the art, which is um, when the data is hard to define, uh, that sometimes you have to sort of make it work. You, you kind of alluded to this a little bit, but does that experience make you more apt to trust your gut, less apt, or does it not affect it at all? I think that it does not make me more apt to trust my gut in the absence of evidence. I think what it does is uh, train. It, it's, it has trained me to take my own pulse. And if I have a thought that maybe I should explore something further, I do go ahead and explore it further. It might be 5, 10, 15 more minutes in a room trying to gather more information, uh, which I found very useful in a world where we're timed so strongly and have to make really important decisions under incredible time pressure. But I think that that educated gut has grown 
more and more and more with more experience. And having had that experience early on when that gut wasn't yet developed allowed me to allow myself to question. So the goal is for a well-developed gut is what you're saying. (laughs) Exactly. A little good probiotics for us all. Grayscale is produced by Ben Davis. A special thank you to Camille Fleming for joining us on the podcast today. And as always, a big thank you to our patients who help enrich our lives through shared experiences 